Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast, supported by University College at Washington University. Offering approachable world-class education with undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. The much-ballyhooed Starbucks anti-bias training has come and gone. It was ordered by company officials for tens of thousands of employees nationwide after an embarrassing incident in Philadelphia in which two black men were arrested in a Starbucks as they waited for a friend. How did that training go? Can it be effective? Ashley Listenby, our Sharing America reporter, joins me in studio to talk about it. Ashley, you've talked to some folks who are involved in that training. What do they say? I have, Don. I spoke with a trainer who works locally at St. Louis Renewed, and I asked him if this could be effective long term, if a half-day training for a large company such as Starbucks could work. And he said, well, it could bring awareness. It may not be effective in the short term, but if people keep talking about it, it could be. The training was only a couple of hours long. That doesn't seem like very much. It was just a couple hours where employees looked at videos, they did small group discussions, and they had time to reflect on some of the questions, um, such as, what is bias and and how do I treat other people? All right. Now, who is this trainer that you spoke to? The trainer is Leon Sharp with St. Louis Renewed. And we want to hear what he had to say. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be honest and let's be real. There can be some impact, I think, for a short-term training like that. Uh, what one can hope for is that there is at least an awareness that um, unconscious bias exists, that it exists within me, and um, there are some things, that there are some biases that I harbor that I didn't realize I harbored. Once again, it occurs to me that if you've got a lifetime of, of bias that uh, is being built up in, in any of our systems, four hours is not going to get the job done. Yeah, it's really challenging to think about those issues. It's hard to talk about race. It's hard to talk about how we relate to one another. I spoke with a woman, also local uh, in St. Louis, who told me a story about how she was driving in St. the central West End, and um, she didn't have her doors unlocked. And as soon as she saw a black gentleman crossing the street, she locked her doors. And she thought, that's awful. He's just trying to cross the street. And I assumed something about him. It was hard to listen to that story, but it was really hard for her to reflect on it as well. Yeah. You, you talked to some uh, some people at, uh, at a local Starbucks. I did. What, what did you learn there? This was after the training. Yes. So I went up to Ferguson <clears throat> and I went to their store there. That Ferguson store is a part of an initiative that Starbucks started a few years ago in 2015 to bring the Starbucks stores to low-income areas. So there's one in Chicago, there's one here locally, uh, there are a few others in Florida and California, um, and it's their way to encourage youth employment and also bring resources, economic benefits to the community. So I went to Ferguson, talked to the manager there, and he said they benefited from it. Um, they have about 18 employees there, they had small group discussions, and they had to really reflect on what their own biases are. An interesting an interesting spot to go to because this Starbucks, as you indicated. Direct result of the Michael Brown incident in 2014. Absolutely. It was a part of uh, the company's way of getting into communities that were having a, a, a tough time. Um, and it's tough for us to reflect on these issues. Um, but Starbucks has said that they want to um, make it a welcoming place for all people. 
What uh, what did uh, this gentleman tell you about how the training was conducted? Sure. So there are lots of videos they had uh, from um, some of the leadership at Starbucks, and they um, had a special video from the uh, entertainer Common. Um, and then they broke out into small group sessions to ask each other questions about if they belong, uh, if they feel like they belong, um, how are they treating other people, customers when they come in the store, um, with the effort to um, make sure that people are seen, respected, and uplifted. That's what the store really wants to, to drive Home. Did you talk to any of the uh, 18 employees? I have talked to an employee, not an employee at the Ferguson store, mm-hmm. um, but that person that I talked to mentioned um, the the store's marketing initiative They they uh, and the change in policies going from colorblind to color brave um, and, and kind of addressing um, these, these topics of bias um, and making sure that everyone who comes in the store, whether they buy something or not, is considered a customer, mm-hmm. even if that person is just going to the bathroom. A lot of people have raised the question and this would call for an opinion on your part, if if you have one, that this was a PR stunt by Starbucks that, again, that amount of training isn't going to do very much. Sure. It it appears that way. I could see how that could could look uh, to some people. Leon Sharp made an excellent point about uh, businesses considering how bias affects the bottom line. At the end of the day, this is a business. They are... uh, Wanting to make money. <laughs> That's what their their initiative is. Um, but they also have to consider how customers are treated when they walk in the door and how that affects how much money they make at the end of the day. So possibly it could very well have been just a PR stunt, but um, it affects how their business runs. I wonder if there's anything out there that would indicate how the black community is responding to Starbucks and whether or not uh, stop – uh, going to Starbucks. I've heard it both ways. I've heard people um, say that it has hindered their desire to go to a Starbucks. Um, and then I've also heard people say, yeah, I go there every day still. And they're people of color. Um, and when I was at the Ferguson store, there was a father and his son, both black, uh, who went into the Starbucks. Um, so it, it seems that it's a toss-up. Some people felt uh, it, it was offensive what happened in Philadelphia and some other incidents that have come out about Starbucks since then, and they've stopped going. Other people, same old, same old. But to be perfectly fair about all of this, Ashley, uh, Starbucks isn't the only corporation or company out there that uh, has this sort of a, a situation, a, a bias uh, potential. It's not. I think it's less of a company issue. It's more of a human issue. Yeah. It's more of reflecting on it as a human being, um, whether you work for a company or you're just living your life. I think for a whole week, we heard about incidents where people of color were being profiled uh, just for being in public spaces. So I think we all have to consider what that actually means, not just this one company. Have you have you talked to anybody about that? I have. I talked to Leon about that. I really wanted to know, do these kind of trainings uh, stop people from doing things like calling the police on, on people sleeping in a public space or grilling in a park, uh, which are also incidents that happened this month. And he said, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, no, it's not. Um, But if we keep asking this question, it could help us evolve. When this kind of happens to me, because my granny and my mom tell me about, okay, it's always harder for a black man, but, um, but I also was in a good, in a good, been in good situations when I've been dealing with white friends, you know, so it's kind of like, like dang, you know, even though I am trying to go go ahead, make it, 
make everybody together. We're supposed to be together. I've been going to school and playing football with white friends, people all the time. And, like, for that kind of happened to me, and I've been, like, out there with the guys I go to school out there, kind of. So it kind of, like, it make you look at, look at everything different. And it's been on my mind, like, every day. So, Don, that was Makai Lee. He's a 19-year-old who is from St. Louis. He's a DeSmit Jesuit High School graduate. Mm-hmm. And um, he was racially profiled at the Nordstrom Rack in Brentwood earlier this month. And so I met with him at his home to talk about what happened. And um, he was humiliated by the incident and still struggling to get over it. Um, but he was really shocked that it happened because, one, he didn't feel like he was doing anything wrong. He was shopping with some friends and they paid for their items. And two, he felt like my experiences are good ones. I'm raised by a good family. I've had interactions with all sorts of people. Why am I still looked at as uh, a criminal? Did Nordstrom uh, apologize? They did. The president um, and other leaders at the store, at the company, did apologize uh, to Mackay and his friends for what happened. And, and they were thankful for that. And they appreciated that apology. But for them, for Mackay especially, it didn't change that it happened. You know, you mentioned earlier that uh, bias is not necessarily a corporate thing, but it's an individual thing. Um, but sometimes it does seem to be a, a policy. I have a very good friend who uh, went to a department store that I shall not name and uh, goes there frequently. And every time he walks in, he's African-American. He is shadowed by what we would call a store detective just to make sure that he doesn't steal anything. That's that's the impression he gets every time he goes to this place. I talked to a woman yesterday who said she went into a store recently and she had a lace scarf around her neck and she decided to put it in her purse. And when she got to the counter, she paid for items and she walked out and she said she was followed by someone at the store to ask to search her bag because they thought that the lace scarf that she came in with was something that she took from the store. Um, so it's it's really tough to say what uh, – what employees at different stores are being told to do, what their protocol uh, is for a particular situation, but it definitely makes people feel uncomfortable. There's a lot of work to be done, Ashley, a lot of work to be done. Again, Ashley, listen to me. Thank you for being with us. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.